Hi, I'm Jake Parker with the What's Your Story podcast. Here I talk with my guests about their life experiences, as well as current and long-term goals, and what gets them through the ups and downs. If you enjoy the show, please rate and subscribe. And don't forget to visit my website, jparkerfitlife.com, for access to my Instagram account, blog, and more. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the What's Your Story podcast. Today, my guest is Alex. He is the founder of The Productive You. He's all about fighting procrastination, being more productive with science and evidence-based practices and practicality. So I will let him give a little bit of an introduction on his end. Uh, yeah, Jake. Uh, thanks so much. I'm, I'm really flattered to be here. You know, this is only my uh, second podcast ever. So for it to be on your podcast, you know, of all places is really exciting. So, you know, I'm just, thanks, man. Appreciate you having me on. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of in a roundabout way. I found Alex. I am always kind of have my antennas up for new guests and anyone that falls along the lines of, you know, lifestyle type stuff. I definitely think that productivity and fighting procrastination falls under that. And uh, I saw a blog that you'd written. It got posted on uh, somewhere on Reddit. And so I went and read a couple of blogs on your website, uh, liked a lot of that stuff, and I saw that there was a place to reach out. So uh, why don't you, for starters, kind of talk about what started you on the whole, the Productive You uh, brand and what that all entails. As you said, I have, you know, I have a productivity blog, YouTube channel. Um, and for me, you know, those things really stem from a few core beliefs that I've developed over time over the past several years. So for instance, I believe that productivity is not about getting more work done. Rather, productivity is more about getting more time to do the things that you truly mm -hmm. enjoy. Right? So productivity is not about getting more work done, it's about getting more time to do the things you truly enjoy. You know, in other words, so for me that means productivity is basically it's happiness, right? And and that's why I have those things. That's why I have the, the blog and the YouTube channel. Um, I, have a long, I have a long history of high expectations and, mm -hmm. and subsequent unhappiness uh, you know, spurred by family, mostly my father. Right? And I found that being engaged in um, meaningful projects or um, you know, being productive is really what gave my life purpose, you know, mm -hmm. aside from the banal humdrum of, of, of daily life and doing the nine to five, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so what is, what is the whole self-improvement journey looked like from kind of a bird's eye view for you? Because I know like for me, uh, I had always been, I'd always been interested and focused on that sort of stuff, but it wasn't until like the past year or two that I really started delving all in. Um, mm -hmm. You can kind of talk more about individual people if you want, but Tim Ferriss and people like that uh, had a big impact on me as far as actionable uh, lifestyle changes and stuff like that. But how long, has that been a focus for you? Well, for me, honestly, it's been, it's been a focus for nearly or just over 10 years, right? This was around my, I want to say the last year of high school, maybe last year and a half, right? I, 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 everything was just going nuts. And I'm sure you may, it sounds like, you know, looking at your stuff, you may have experienced this bit yourself, especially mm -hmm. in your last year or two of college. Mm -hmm. right, where everything just sort of seems to be compounding on itself and, and, yeah. and you're starting to worry, you're starting to freak out, you don't know what's going on. Um, and so, you know, what, what, what did I do that anyone else does these days? You, you turn to the internet, you go type in your, your search query, you know, how do I, you know, become happy? How do I get this done? How do I do Y, Z, mm -hmm. whatever? And that's kind of how it started for me. And, you know, you find these different message boards and then you find different articles. And it seems like for all content, that's really become like formality is an antiquated uh, system. Mm -hmm. right? Or, you know, all the information we get is always this bite-sized stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny you say that because there's almost a, 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 a discrepancy or, or a clash between there where the long format is good mm -hmm. however you know our the number of distractions and our attention span is spread out more than ever mm -hmm. so it's kind of that interesting thing where it's like 
almost, you know, I want to say that almost because there's so much uh, stimuli out there, suddenly the long format and, and, and the true engagement, the true real personalities of people are starting, are making a comeback, like you said, over mm-hmm. the past five or so years. So it's a really, it's a really interesting thing. Yeah. And it's, I think it's interesting because you got to kind of think about it both ways. It's like, I look at it that the, like, I guess if you wanted to put it into a box, like the long-term versus short-term gratification, I look at it where, you know, not that many people are going to take the time to read a whole book or listen to a whole two or three hour podcast, but developing that ability to like, I guess, digest long form information and, you know, apply it to your own life, I think is very valuable. And it's like a skill you should practice. And then on top of that, something that kind of reminds me like getting back to your uh, blog and your YouTube page, it's like people like you are, are sort of capitalizing on you, you digest this information, but then you spit it out in a way that's like shorter form. So it kind of plays to that short attention span of like today's, um, today's society, I guess. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, and let me tell you, I am all about, excuse me, I'm all about the long term, baby, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, you know, (laughs) and sometimes I'm even, you know, too long term focused. So a lot of this, my, my, the blog and the YouTube channel, this has been something that's been mulling around in my head, something that I've been preparing for, for the past four to five years. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I, well, so what happened was I was working a job. I was in uh, pharmaceutical sales. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. And, that, right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And so this was for a, a fortune or a, a Inc 500 pharmaceutical company. I realized at one point, and this was during college, I started making some pretty decent money doing that job. And I realized, okay, you know, what do I really want to do? Well, I like, Productivity, I like self-improvement. I like, you know, developing these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever I talk about it with other people, I love, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy teaching and learning from other people, especially the learning part. I'm not so good at yet, which is probably a problem for me, uh, expressing mm-hmm. my, my ideas and talking, you know, but that, that's something that will come. But I just, I love the whole thing about it, right? So, So how it all started was, you know, I had this idea where, okay, I'm going to work really hard. I graduated college. I became the, the top salesman in the company for, you know, in, in the history of the company, basically banked all my money, you know, 90, 99, 98% of it mm-hmm. and developed this sort of long-term plan where I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to quit my job and then I'm going to start this productivity stuff. And since then I've done that <laughs> now, funny, uh, after about a year of not having a job, I started getting kind of nervous. I went, huh, mm-hmm. this is kind of weird not have, cause you know, I don't, I haven't, you know, made anywhere as much money from my real job. I said, huh, well, this is a, this is a problem. So now I'm doing the similar job remotely while doing this, um, okay. this productivity stuff. Yeah. This, this That's nice there. to kind of still have that sense of security, but also mix with the freedom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, um, you know, one thing I'll say is, so what, uh, what, one of my buddies is contemplating, he, he's living in a place where he doesn't want to leave, but he's running out of money because he's trying to do some sort of entrepreneurial venture himself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he's asking me, you know, what should I do? You know, I think if I just go hard for four months at this, I'll start making some money. Right. And then, cause he only has four months left before he has to move back in with his parents. Mm-hmm. And, um, I told him, you know, in my experience, that's not, that's not what you want to do. Just at least get a part-time job, at least have some money coming in because not, you know, the idea that your ventures won't work, that you only have four months. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. work, you're screwed. That sucks. Why would you ever create a losing scenario for yourself? Mm-hmm. All right, let's at least put in 20 hours a week at a regular job, be able to sustain yourself. So losing isn't an option. It's more just right. a matter of time, you know? Mm-hmm. That, yeah, was a, that was like, a long tangent where I went off on different things. Yeah. But. No, I enjoy it. It's like, it's kind of, I mean, you hear a lot of people, if you look at like the, the like celebrity sort of entrepreneurs, a lot of times they'll have their stories about how, you know, they couldn't fail because they put this pressure on themselves, but you can't, that's definitely like a massive outlier. You know, you can't think that even, you know, no matter how bad you want it, there's a lot of different variables that go into an entrepreneurial venture or starting a website, a blog, a podcast, whatever it is. And having, mm-hmm. I, I think that, 
it probably, it definitely allows you to have more creative, uh, I guess, leverage per se, having some, some sort of income and not being like, okay, I have to start to monetize this right away. Yeah, exactly. And you hear the, especially from these celebrity entrepreneurs, right? You hear the burn the boats thing all the mm -hmm. time. And yeah, that's great. But, <laughs> and, and it's funny, that's, that's, that's kind of the problem with the internet these days. You hear so many of these celebrities that have burned the boats, been successful, but dude, never do we hear about the people. There's never a, a YouTube channel or a podcast about someone who said, yeah, I burned the boats and I, mm -hmm. and I failed and I sucked. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, you know, I don't know the data behind it, but I would assume there's way more people in that yeah. category than the ones that have been super successful. Yeah. So it's kind of a, kind of a precarious thing, but something that can be really fulfilling if you, if you, if you can do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And the other thing I'm curious about is like, I think that the, the problem that some people might run into that kind of jumps to mind for me is it's like, you obviously, your passion is this website and this work that you're doing and productivity, et cetera. So how, how did you stay motivated and how do you continue to stay motivated to work hard and succeed at your, your uh, more formal job? With, ha with having the balance between the two? Right, right. Well, hey, man, that's a good question. I mean, the way I stay motivated with the, the formal job is that, number one, I'm making money, right? Money, mm -hmm. cash, dollars, enough to do what I want. And I'm not a very big spender, right? I'm mm -hmm. a very low, low spender. I don't, I, I don't spend anything. But even still having that sort of that growth, even though I'm only working part-time and still being able to grow my savings, grow my investments. This sort of motivates me. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but also the way, you know, so the way I've been able to work things out is that the job that I'm doing directly correlates in a roundabout way to the productivity stuff to my real passion. Okay. Right. So it's not like I'm, uh, you know, bagging groceries at a grocery mm -hmm. store, which was my first job and has nothing to do with it. It's just a waste of time. A lot of what I do is um, it's all remote. It's all on the computer sales, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I can do is while I'm doing that and while there's downtime and even while I'm making sales, I can be working on the website and the YouTube mm -hmm. channel. So I'm kind of double dipping or multitasking where even when I'm doing real work that I get paid to do, I'm also still working on the thing that I really want to do. So, you know, it's kind of the job. If, if, you know, if I was doing a job where I'm like selling uh, life insurance, which, mm -hmm. you know, I, I did for a while as well, that has, there's no time to do anything else. I, you know, it doesn't relate at all. Then that would suck. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've manipulated things in such a way that my job also allows me to do what I want to do as well mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I like that sense of like interconnecting things. I think it's always useful when you can sort of connect dots where, you know, it's not necessarily like the the first thing that people would think of, but like selling, you know, selling your company and selling yourself. I'm sure there's tons of similar lessons there. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's there's yeah, there's definitely tons of similar lessons. And and also just the fact that on the downtime when I'm not selling and I'm maybe I'm looking through data at the job, mm -hmm. you know, um, I got another tab open with the, with my website where I'm editing stuff mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm developing, you know, the new, the new blog post, the new page, mm -hmm. whatever. So yeah. it's like, it, it's ended up working out where, where it's working out pretty well for me. Um, yeah. I'm surprised that you say that because it seems like one of the, one of the things that I always try to keep on fo a focus on is like not multitasking because knowing that it kind of takes away from your attention. Are you a fan of multitasking in that respect? No. Yeah. You know, uh, I know I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I certainly do not, uh, like multitasking. I'm the, I'm the type of person that I like to get one thing done, you know, mm -hmm. get it done and, and move on to the next and let's do it very deeply. Let's do it. You know, let's, let's get it done. Right. Mm -hmm. But given that, um, given that the job is how it is, I'm able to do it. So, you know, if I, if I have, let's say I have a, a total of hundred percent energy output, if I'm only putting in 75% of this energy into the real job job, mm -hmm. well, you know, 
instead of just watching Netflix while I'm making sales and using another 15% of Netflix, might as well at least get some productivity done mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Just like low, uh, uh, low, yeah. Low energy sort of stuff, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so it, it kind of, you know, it's not, you know, I'm not getting, I'm not writing a whole blog post or doing, yeah. making a YouTube video while I'm working, but you know, it's, it's, it's a, a little progress is better than none. Yeah. That makes sense. It's kind of like, one of the, one of the sort of low energy things that I, cause it's like, I'm sure you have the same thing. It's like, I have low energy things I do, but they're still, they still have a high uh, aspect of necessity. So like for me, I really like to listen back on my podcast to make sure there's nothing weird or like, you know, note down the things that I want to put in like the description, but it's a really low energy activity because like I already did the podcast. So I know more or less what it's going to be. So that's a time when I try to have like something else going at the same time that kind of like you that I could put some more effort into. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Just getting in that, that do that low energy stuff when, when you're able to do it, whenever you're able to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's, that, and that's what I was wanted to ask you about your podcast, right? Is I, you know, mm-hmm. I know you started this, well, you started getting into everything in the last year of college right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely it was kind of like the thing where I was looking at you know what I was going to do after college and for a while uh, I was planning on going to law school but then I kind of upon doing some reflection and counseling and stuff like that I came to realize that it wasn't really it was kind of something that wasn't like my own um, my own that like vision for my life it was just something that was kind of put on me and it was something where it was like I would it would be doing it more so to please other people than it would be to fulfill myself so I kind of started to think you know what I wanted to do and I I would say I'm still kind of on that journey but the biggest aspect of like delving full on into self-improvement is it really helped me you know I would say number one become more self-aware and then number two just start to develop better habits and just all around just create a better lifestyle for myself Yes, yes. There, see, that's what we're talking about. Being more self-aware, better mm-hmm. habits. That's that's what I'm all about. I love I love hearing that. You know. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's 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 funny that you kind of start to mention that because like the I don't know if it's if I'd necessarily call it a battle, but like what I'm trying to think over right now is like so if you've looked at my stuff, a lot of it's like health and fitness based. And when I started yeah. putting stuff out online, it was a lot more about that. But I I just find myself so interested in different lifestyle things like productivity like i love reading and i love talking about uh, authors and you know blog posts and i'm very interested in uh, online marketing and media like youtube instagram etc and so i just kind of feel like i'm pointed a lot of different directions and so my next step is kind of to figure out if i want to go more specific or i want to keep it more general so that's kind of what i'm mulling over right now it's nice to be able to you know it's nice that you're able to encompass all of those areas mm-hmm. um yeah, the, 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 what the health, the, the mindset, the, mm-hmm. the, the overall wellness and whatnot. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that would be interesting to see what you could specifically delve into because, you yeah. know, my stuff, productivity is, it's not, you know, I guess I could get more down into productivity and what job, you know, home or whatever, but it's a mm-hmm. bit more, yeah, it is a bit more, uh, narrowed down in that regard. Yeah. I mean, the, the big, the biggest goal would be like to have, you know, to like in a perfect world, like I just post and talk about whatever I want to talk about, whatever weird thing that is at the time, you know, yeah. and have that be some sort of be somehow monetized or have that be a job. But, you know, in the real world, a lot of times, at least at first starters, you have to be specific in something to start to build up, you know, your, your reputation and your personal brand, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. Because it seems like it, there's only a handful of people in the world that can probably just talk mm-hmm. about whatever they want to talk about and still mm-hmm. make money. But, you know, building that specific following in a specific niche is good because then afterwards, once people find you a, a credible source and they like you, mm-hmm. then you can expand it to other things as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think. And it's like, it's, it's kind of like you hear, you know, like a lot of the famous people that that we look up to like a lot of people you know say it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of my favorite people to follow and it's like he he went all in on bodybuilding and he succeeded at that he went all in on the acting he succeeded at that and eventually you know he 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 did so many different things in his life he became the governor of California I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot to be said for just focusing on one thing for uh, a short period of time right right exactly and you know what you might like have you ever um have you ever heard of the author Robert Greene 
Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never read any of his books yet. Oh man. So let me tell you the one, you know, everyone talks about the most, the, they associate him with the 48 laws of power and that, yeah. and that book is probably what you heard of. Mm-hmm. The book I would recommend to you on this is Mastery. Mastery, yeah. That one? Yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. That is my favorite. That's my favorite book of all time. I reread that not frequently, but semi-frequently because mm-hmm. he talks exactly about this, laying a, a, a groundwork specifically of how to go Arnold Schwarzenegger at something, how to go mm-hmm. all in at the fitness, achieve mastery at it, and then, okay achieve mastery at the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I think one of the most important things to really think about and realize is like, you know, if you go all in on focus on something, like we'll just use the example of fitness. I think that people a lot of times can forget that like the experience of doing really well at something can transcend to all their areas. That's why you see athletes become really successful business people like Kobe Bryant, for example, right now is, I think he's, he's writing books. I don't know if he's doing other stuff, but it's like when you, when you reach the top, in in something like athletics it teaches you just how to be a high performer and you can extend that to so many different areas oh yeah definitely and there's certain aspects of being a high performer that are applicable to anything you know the aspect of you know the basic aspects of hard work organization consistency Mm -hmm. um, being able to you know just being able to focus for a long amount of time and develop a skill set at something is in and of itself a skill set you know Mm-hmm. And that's what these, these, these masters, these high performers at something have developed and they may, may not even know it is they've developed the ability to develop abilities, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then that's, you can yeah, transfer a good that point. to anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. So I, I'm with you on that, man. I mean, just going all in and, and focusing on one thing heavily. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's kind of, you know, the, the, the unfortunate problem is a lot of times life gets in the way, but mm-hmm. you still got to still gotta, still gotta go forward. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's cool that you mentioned books too, and especially Robert Greene. What comes to mind for me is like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of one of my favorite authors is Ryan Holiday. And he talks a lot about how he's sort of apprenticed under Robert Greene. And so that's kind of what drove me to him in the first place. Yes. Uh, Ryan Holiday, doesn't he have the book um, uh, Growth Hacker Marketing? Mm-hmm. His, yeah. most, his most famous ones like these days are, are like the – stoicism talking about stoicism kind of in a modern context like stillness is key is the one that came out within the last couple of months and then ego and the enemy sorry ego is the enemy and the obstacle is the way or the other two uh, in that set mm, yes i've heard of the obstacle is the way for mm-hmm. sure speaking of books what else what are some of your other favorites or ones that you go back to yeah yeah well so i, I mean there's there's I, I i like to venture off into a lot of different obscure um, mm-hmm. obscure books. Right. So one of them is, um, the, what is it called? It's the, the art of the charlatan. Okay. Uh, this is, this is an old book written in, you know, like the 1800s or something. Um, and then it, it goes about it. It's actually really interesting in this modern day because it talks about, you know, you know, a charlatan, just someone who pretends to know or do something that they mm-hmm. can't really do. You know, and how there's these ancient charlatans throughout history, probably, you know, the people who are, you would say they can transmutate gold, right? You mm-hmm. know, whatever. And somehow, you know, the person, the, the dude who said he, he uh, owned the Eiffel Tower and sold the Eiffel Tower for a couple million dollars, of course, you know, it was a scam and he did mm-hmm. it twice. And it's sort of interesting just to see how these different people did what they did. And then you go, huh. The, the, it, it, it sort of gives you just an overall idea of human psychology and how, how human, humans work, right? And another one that you might like um, in regards to Ryan Holiday and the stoicism is uh, uh, on the shortness of life. Uh, oh, life yeah. Is Seneca? On, whatever, Seneca, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the classic uh, stoic philosopher. That's a really good book. Um, and also anything just by Napoleon Hill, uh, mm-hmm. Napoleon Hill, think success and grow habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think you grow rich success habits is his newest one that, you know, was published. Mm-hmm. It was just a transcription of, um, a radio show he did, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess the old, the old version of podcast. And that, what, that what was, was his era? What was the era that he mostly kind of put stuff out in like the 1930s? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, you know, and that's why everything that comes out um, with him now is just like rehashings or, mm -hmm. or you know, they like it's kind of ingenious. They, you know, they just found this, uh, this taping of this radio series he did over a, a couple of weeks and just transcribed that and put it into a book, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I so, yeah, he passed away in the early or the late 1900s. Okay. So. so I think I love, I love books like that. Cause they, they really transcend time. Like it, it brings to mind like Dale Carnegie's books or Stephen Covey. Like you read that. And if you wouldn't know, you, you wouldn't know that it was written 30, 40, 50, hundred years ago. You know, they, they're just timeless lessons. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's another book that I just got is very, very, uh, um, rare, um, that I'm super excited. I just was able to found it and got delivered the other day. It's called the art of winning wars. And I don't remember exactly the name of the author is, a again, this is another old book, but this one is really good as well. It talks a lot about, it talks about war, right? And it's just like, you know, Sun Tzu's, the art of war, whatever, and how everyone can um, apply that to any number of areas. But this talks about war and how the greatest wars were won, not by strength or battles or whatever. It was by won by the human mind, by creativity. Mm -hmm. That was deep into creativity, how to create that expression, right? Um, and that's a big thing that I'm interested in too is, is the brain. How do we, mm -hmm. how does, how do we, how, how does the brain actually work and how can we use that to, to our advantage in all things? Mm -hmm. you know? Are you a fan of Sam Harris? No, I don't know Sam Harris. He's, yeah. He's, that's like all he's about. Basically uh, he has a, his podcast is called making sense, but basically his background is he's a neuroscientist and talks a lot about, uh, you know, just like how essentially kind of like what you talked about, like how he looks at humans as just biological figures and how the brain wires what we do and stuff like that. He's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, neuroscience, that's exactly um, what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'd love Sam Harris then. But uh, back to some of these questions I wanted to get to one of the one of the questions I want to ask after reading some of your blogs, and stuff like that is talk a little bit about the willpower myth, so to speak, and willpower versus planning and scheduling things out oh sure 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 yes yeah, so this is you know i wrote an article specifically on this um called you know willpower or some something or other i forgot what i what i titled it but mm -hmm. uh basically you know the idea is that i think there's a lot of confusion around willpower nobody knows exactly what willpower is we don't know okay so i have willpower am i motivated how do I get mm, myself motivation, to be motivated? Yeah. Exactly, mm -hmm. right? And even, so there's been, you know, surprisingly enough, there's been a lot of studies done on this um, throughout the past 50 or so years. And that's kind of what I just talked about in the article is some of the, the more, the biggest studies that have come out on willpower. Um, now, of course, like any study, things are, there's two sides to the story. So some people have the opposite opinion what I wrote about in the blog. Um, some people agree with it. Um, but basically the idea is that willpower is very strongly correlated on a biological level. And this comes mm -hmm. back to our, to our discussion on the brain and neuroscience uh, is related to your blood glucose levels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, are, you know, do you, are your blood glucose levels high? Yes. Then you're probably going to use, then you're probably going to have more willpower are they low then yeah you're you know such as when you're not when you haven't eaten when you're very sleep deprived mm -hmm. um, when you've gone through very high amounts of stress or exercise then you'll find that your willpower will probably fail you likely at those at those points and so that's kind of what i talk about in that article yeah i think that one of the things that's become you know most prevalent in my life is i guess as an over as an all-encompassing theme i think the the reason I waited so long to delve into like my own self-improvement journey was because I was just one of those people that really valued perfection. And like, I wouldn't start something if I knew it wasn't going to work out well, or it wasn't going to be perfect. And a lot of people, I think probably feel the same way. And a lot of people have also heard things like, you know, perfect is the enemy of good or something like that. 
But until you really embody those things, I don't think you can, you can fully grasp. And like another, another thing, like I talked about Tim Ferriss already, I really like those, those people that are putting out content that are very honest about their own struggles. Like Steven Pressfield too, is another one talking about the resistance that we all face. But uh, I guess where I was going with that is just the fact that you, you can't rely so much on motivation, but you really have to just implement daily and weekly habits in your routine to make sure that you're being successful and that you are formulating your lifestyle in a way that you want. Yeah, exactly. You can't, I mean, you, you just, you just said it perfectly, you know, you can't rely on, on just, you know, serendipity or waking up and getting out of bed and feeling motivated or mm-hmm. even that, you know, maybe you're motivated, but you, then you, <laughs> you, you get out of the shower and all of a sudden it, it's, it's gone just like that. Right. You can't rely mm-hmm. on these things. So we got to create, a, you know, and to a certain point, at least when you're first starting out, you got to create a, a, a systematic way for you to ensure that you're going to get your things, you know, get, get done what you need to get done. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of this willpower comes in is specifically with the blood glucose levels, you know, some things we can do to take advantage of that are, okay, we, well, let's always eat a healthy breakfast, you know, and it's kind of, it's kind of simple. It's kind of dumb because we've heard that all throughout life, mm-hmm. you know, but it kind of takes on a new meaning when you realize okay, having, eating a healthy breakfast may uh, directly and physically impact your willpower on a biological level. Um, another interesting thing is that studies have found that being in a good mood affects your willpower. And that should be no surprise to anyone. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're in a bad mood, you're not going to do what you need to do because you're in a bad mood, right? But when you think about it consciously, it, it kind of puts it in perspective where, okay, let's focus on instead of focusing on trying to get productive and beating our head against the wall, maybe just shift the lens a little bit and focus on being in a good mood. Cause when you're mm-hmm. in a good mood, then you will naturally get these things done. So, you know, everyone has different strategies for getting in a good mood. You can listen to music, jam out to music for a little bit. For me, a lot of it is playing basketball, um, working out, probably fitness for you. Mm-hmm, definitely. I think yeah. of, I try to, I try to do gratitude in the mornings. There's countless studies on that, you know, just saying what you're thankful for just, or thinking about, you know, uh, you're thankful for on a daily basis, whether it's a small or a big thing. I think that's a big one. And it's funny because like you talk about, you know, there's, there's always different studies that, that tell us different things, but something that I think is interesting is, you know, you go find a study that says like people that smiled as opposed to frowning, like even that can change your mood and your biochemistry. It's like, I think we forget how, how impactful these little things are like just being in a good mood, just start your day, smile, show some gratitude. I think that's a, a good way to get the ball rolling at least. Oh yeah, definitely. The smallest things, right? Even eating an apple, boom, mm-hmm. instantly that can have the, the smallest effect, but, but uh, or it, it can be the smallest action that can have the biggest effect. Mm-hmm. Right. And let, and also let's not forget that the reason we're doing all these things, the reason we're focused on productivity and, you like a lot of habits right and and self-improvement is not 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 because these are things to do in and of themselves but because Mm -hmm. productivity is happiness right Mm -hmm. this is this this is what gives us what gives us purpose this is this is what gives us meaning in our life Mm -hmm. right so again it's we do the methods because that brings us to the end goal but you know, productivity isn't really about methods or techniques. It's about purpose and it's about happiness and keeping that in mind always helps me to, to stay on track as well. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your favorite practical, either like daily habits, weekly habits, or, you know, you kind of talked about the simple stuff like eating an apple to boost your blood glucose. Are there any other simple tricks or hacks, so to speak you do on a daily basis? Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, A lot of, so a lot of, the the daily hacks that I do actually come from sort of a a weekly focus, right? Mm-hmm. So I think this is where a lot of times, especially when people are first starting out, and if they're coming from a low place or they're trying to be more productive, is again they'll keep banging their head against the wall, right? Mm-hmm. And the more the more you practice and the more the more you, you you develop in this in this area, you realize that it's you need to be systematized at first, but then later on things kind of expand as you develop and know yourself. So a lot of things that I do depend on a weekly basis. For example, mm-hmm. working out, I'll work out three times a week. It doesn't matter when, it doesn't matter if it's three days in a row, two in one day, whatever. 
just as long as I get that done. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and also of course I have my daily. So, okay. So let me, let me, let me recap that by saying, yes. So I have my weekly habits of working out three times a week to doing X, Y, Z, any number of times a week on the daily habits. So some of the things that keep me motivated are I have actually flashcards that I study mm-hmm. every day. I call them my big words, flashcards, right? Um, and that's just where anytime I'm reading a book or listening to someone talk, if there's a word I don't know, which happens quite often, mm-hmm. I'll look it up in the dictionary, you know, app, put it in my flashcards. And then I study that every day, I, you know, look at, yeah, well, I use Anki cards, A-N-K-I, if you've ever heard of those, great study tool. Um, yeah, so it's just little, just little things like that, you know, that just the, the things that I do because I enjoy it, for example, the flashcards, but also the things that still have that positive benefit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of a couple of things I also uh, picked up from your website, which was, they're, they're kind of related, but it's like learning new things every day to keep your mind sharp and to keep growing. And then that, and like you specifically even said, learning things that are like outside of your realm of knowledge, your realm of like interest, just because that also stretches you as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's, yeah, exactly. I wrote a whole article about those seven, those seven things. And, and one of them is, uh, well, what you just said, reading about things that you have interest in. So every day I have five different newsletters that come into my, my inbox, right? Because I, Aside from productivity and all that stuff, I love venture capital, finance, and, and sort of business news. Mm-hmm. So I have these different newsletters that I subscribe to, and I, I read those every day. And they're just kind of, it gives me a nice little, it gives me a nice little boost, a nice little pick you up. Because if you're always working on things, no matter how much you enjoy it, it's still going to be work. So these little mm-hmm. things, just like studying the flashcards, just like reading the daily um, newsletters, or just like looking up something new every day, which you mentioned, it, it it's it's kind of tricking yourself into a productive boost. It's like it's like eating a piece of candy, mm-hmm. except this candy is the most nutrient rich thing you've ever had in your life, and mm-hmm. it's like a vitamin, you know. Yeah, it's like I I've always I, one of my favorite uh you know really old sayings is just that a rolling stone gathers no moss. So it's like that's I try to apply that in my life where it's like it's almost counterintuitive, but like the more things you do and the more you stay active and whether that's reading or physical activity or working hard, it's like that just becomes easy and it becomes the norm. But whereas if you are stagnant and you know, you're, you're less, you're less energetic and you're less active and you're doing less, that kind of becomes the norm too. Yeah, exactly. It's very easy for the human mind to, to um, accommodate or adapt to whatever you're doing. You're Mm -hmm. always working boom and you're always enjoying yourself too it'll adapt but if you're always as many of us probably know playing video games all day which i was definitely a uh, um an example of your mind adapts to that too you know, it's really hard mm-hmm. to get out of that you know mm-hmm. so i'm curious where you where do you fall along the lines of like fasting is so popular these days and you kind of talking about how you wanted to keep your your blood glucose levels uh elevated what, what's your stance on that well, you know, on it, I'm not I'm not the biggest authority on on nutrition and mm-hmm. fasting, except for this research I've done specifically on the brain and productivity. How I do it, I just I eat, you know, two to three meals a day. It's not a big uh, it's it's not a big deliberation that I have, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I will always have snacks around. I'll have the apples around. I'll have all this. So whenever I do start feeling a little lull, mm-hmm. I'll eat an apple. I'll eat a a uh, a bar. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call them, the granola bar things. Um, but you know, for fasting, yeah, sometimes I do it. It, it seems to be a lot of times like a, a a subconscious or just an unintended decision where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't eat all day, and then I realize, oh interesting oh well i wasn't hungry i guess that's fine mm-hmm. and then i just go along the normal path you know yeah. it's not a thing that i that i stress myself out over too much mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm just like a big details person and i love like one of my favorite things to learn about is like how i love health and fitness and i really like finding out how like eating certain ways uh helps your uh cognitive function and it's funny because oh, yeah. you hear different things like you know like some people 
think you should eat more and so we think you, you should eat less. Like I remember uh, James Altucher talking about how he likes to write in the morning when he's fasted on an empty stomach because he thinks that the more of the blood is flowing to his brain and not to his stomach to digest, to digest the food. And like that's all really micro stuff. But I, I always think it's interesting to learn about how do certain foods affect how we think and how our, how our body just functions outside of, you know, gaining muscle, gaining fat, you know, different, different, the obvious biological processes. Sure, sure. Well, it sounds like you know far more about this than I do. So how do you, how do you do it? I don't know. See, I just, and that's the thing with nutrition that's, it's interesting, but also a little bit frustrating is it's like, there's so little agreement and there's so little research too. And I say research in the sense that like, uh, so I mean, we can, we, we have all these theories about what's the best way to eat and stuff like that. But where you run into a wall is it's like, you know, say, say we'll give like the keto diet, for example. So no one really knows what it's like to eat a strict keto diet for like, you know, a lifetime. And how does that impact your, your longevity? Because no one's really done that. And so it's like, I don't know, it's always changing. Like 10, 20 years ago, they had totally different diet principles than we have now. And like, I'm also interested in the, in the overall health and longevity. So I, I wish that there was a way to, and it'll probably, we'll probably get closer to it in the future, but like simulate, okay, what would it look like if you had this diet for your lifetime? What would it look like if you had this diet for your lifetime? But like me personally right now, uh, I enjoy some of the benefits of fasting and I kind of am trying to pay closer attention to, closer attention to it too. So I'll do that about every other day and then eat breakfast about every other day. And I don't know, I'm tr- I try to like study myself, but you can only go so far as to do I feel different from yesterday? Sometimes you're not really sure, but I find all that stuff really interesting. Sure, sure, certainly. And I think, you know, it, it, you bring up a good point because I'm all about tracking the nuances. You know, mm-hmm. I used to have, you know, I've, uh, spreadsheets and me have had a long, a long history and I've had several different ones where I've, I've, I've tracked every specific minutiae thing that I've done, including food, right? But I don't really do specifically the nutrition stuff anymore, though I do find find it fascinating. I have now I just have a general right mm-hmm. way I go about things. I don't eat out fast food. I, the things I eat tend to be pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a lot of you know vegetables and you know you know I'll make my own food and, and not eat out a lot. But the changing point for me was when I realized you know there's only so many things your brain can focus on at one mm-hmm. time and so there's true. been yes yes and there's been numerous you know amounts of research done on this that there's you know you can't think about everything and have a million problems all at one time you, your brain while being in a, a a we think an unlimited storage space uh it's not necessarily an unlimited active storage space where just like mm-hmm. your computer, you can't have a million tabs up. I mean, maybe on your computer these days you can have a you know million, but there's gotta be a limit, right? Mm-hmm. Just in your brain, there's a limit between maybe five to uh, 11 tabs you can have open at one time. Mm-hmm. And so for me with the specifically heat eating and, and fast and all that, there's, I'm sure it's something I'll get back to tracking very diligently. Mm-hmm. There's just, I just don't have enough, room in, in it for my brain right now mm-hmm. and i'm happy with myself i'm doing uh, i'm doing well enough in that regard that i say okay we can sort of hold that off for right now mm-hmm. yeah one of my biggest principles and i'm sure you probably do something similar is just like having give or take a like maybe six to a dozen go-to meals that i like and knowing that they're you know they're all similar in calories a lot of them have try to have a high protein intake so just knowing that even though you're not tracking every single macronutrient or whatever it is you know, oh, okay, these meals have helped me consistently over time. So I'll just continue on with that. Yeah, exactly. And that, I think you, you just did a great clarification right there. You know, we're not going into the specific minutiae each and every day, but there's, we know these general things, the general principles that have worked out. And so we'll, we'll try to follow those specifically, but not to an agonizing detail, at least at this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, like, yeah, like I said, I just I, I love the whole aspect of delving into like how nutrition impacts people and you know what different supplementations can help what. But where I find it frustrating is it's like I kind of like I said I I like to put out information on health and fitness and like I'd say eighty nine eighty to ninety percent of people at least in America just need to learn usually how to get more active, probably eat less calories in a day, 
probably get some veggies in, have a higher protein intake. Whereas like the stuff I'm talking about, like, oh, you know, what kind of fish oil you should, should you be taking or what type of vegetables <laughs> yeah. are the best for you? Like that's, that's just like information that's too in-depth for most people. Sure. Yeah. Because a lot of people are stuck on level one. You know, just the ba- the very basics. Don't eat you know, a million donuts. Mm-hmm. But you're 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 over here on like level nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're talking about the the nuances between the fish oils and these different supplements. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, I'm sure for you, uh, and I'm certain of this. There's a niche for that as well. Mm-hmm. There's certainly mm-hmm. people that are interested in it. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, another one of the things I wanted to get to is we kind of started talking about this at the beginning, but how, what was, what was it like as far as it kind of sounds like you had some unhealthy, maybe self-talk and like self-deprecation in the beginning of your self-improvement journey. And that kind of led to some of what you're doing now. Yeah. Well, no, no, that's certainly, that's certainly true. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, so I, like I said, I've always had high expectations placed upon me for me. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I was getting at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so, and so whatever you have high expectations or high standards, you're bound to slip up. Right. But I'll say what, what has been most important in my life is not necessarily the, the, the ability to overcome negative self-talk or, or, or these failures, just the ability to persist, to mm-hmm. stay consistent. I'll give you an example. Um, I, as I mentioned, had played a lot of video games. That was a big part of my childhood growing up. One in particular was StarCraft. And this was something I played even up until a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I had failed. So I, I said, and this was a big coping mechanism for me playing StarCraft and watching StarCraft videos, especially through college. Uh, and so afterwards I said, man, this is really not helping me. I need to stop. Mm-hmm. And I set a goal to not play any more video games, not playing more StarCraft. And I failed at that goal 16 times throughout the course of about two years. Mm-hmm. And I know that because I've tracked diligently every single time and how long it went. Um, but eventually, you know, by staying consistent, staying persistent and developing these new ways to tackling things, you know, you get better at it. And eventually, mm-hmm. happy to say, StarCraft free today, baby. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that really answered your question or yeah. got off tangent, but, you know. Yeah. So do you, do you find that when you're trying to replace a negative habit with a positive one, what, what helps you out? Are you doing things like habit replacement? So, like, I remember something I, I, I jumped on one of your blogs, and it was like reading a book as opposed to getting on social media. It's obviously easier said than done, but it definitely can be a replacement. Yeah, certainly. I mean, that's, um, you know, that's, that's been a, a, a classic thing in the productivity sphere for a while is replacing what the bad thing is just with something, with something new. And mm-hmm. so I do that. I do that. Um, but again, just the most important thing, and I guess it's, it's may not, may not exactly be the answer you're looking for, but it is really just all about the, willingness to persevere no matter what because Mm -hmm. if you replace eating candy with eating an apple dude there's like if you're a big candy eater there's only so like that's so much sugar that's so much all this stuff it's hard to replace that with natural good sugar of an Mm -hmm. apple and then have your body be okay with it over time so yes you want to replace but also what i would actually plan out and i do this with negative habits is i say okay I don't want to fail, but I'm probably, I know myself, it's hard to do things perfectly the first time. I'm probably going to fail like five times. Mm -hmm. I accept that. I don't pass any judgment about it. I know this is the process. You know, this is how things work. And I'm not going to get down to myself. I'm just going to keep going and start again afterwards. Mm -hmm. Hey, I think that's a huge key right there. Just talking about non-judgmental persistence and just keeping at it when you fail. That's, oh, that's yes. right there in itself. Yeah. That's a great way to put a non judgment, non judgmental persistence. And, mm-hmm. and again, it's just like we talked about mastery. The more you do it, the better you get at this skill set of not judging yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it, and like we talked about at the very beginning, man, it's a long-term game. 
Mm -hmm. it, it sucks because we all want immediate gratification. We all want to be better instantly. We want to have stop doing that thing, mm -hmm. but it really is a long-term game and you have to, a big thing about it too, is you got to have a support group. I know that's mm -hmm. probably cliche. Um, true. You don't need to, you don't need to tell people and post on your social media. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But mm -hmm. what you should have is one person close to you that you talk to deeply, um, who knows you and understands you mm -hmm. that you communicate your struggles with. Yeah. Especially well, and it's nice. Place for place bad habits. Mm -hmm. And I think what's especially important from that perspective is it's like, you may know like the, the negative attributes about yourself, but it's harder for you to come to terms with them. Whereas like, if you have a trusted friend or mentor, they might be like, Hey, like the last time you tried this, you ran into this. Cause this is, you know, this personality X personality trait trips you up from achieving your goals or whatever it might be. Well, exactly. And that's, that's the, oh, see, that's a really important thing you just mentioned is that it self-awareness is key when you're building better habits and when you're being more productive, when you're improving in life overall, self-awareness is key. And what's even more key than that, however, is realizing that you're not self-aware. You mm -hmm. may think you're self-aware, but you're nowhere near as self-aware as you really think you are. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you need to understand this and accept this. And that's why what I'm really working on on the blog right now is I'm partnering with this, this, this personality test, as you will that I've been mm -hmm. using for, for years. I take it every two years to see how I've developed, to see how I grow and change. And it gives you the most accurate readings um, that I've ever seen about who you are. It tells you about the how and why behind your behaviors. So whether or not you're, you're, you're taking some sort, of, some sort of test or you're consulting with, again, other people who know you really well, you need to be getting constant feedback about yourself because mm -hmm. even if you think you know yourself, and you're self-aware, you're really not. And mm -hmm. you, you should always be striving to get more feedback about that. Mm -hmm. and you run into, you're into the confirmation bias, which you've also written about, just the fact mm -hmm. that, oh, you know, I, I believe this. Here's me seeing that it's true. And I'm, so I'm just going to take that as, as gospel or whatever, you, whatever, however you'd phrase it. Exactly. And, that, and it can be very detrimental in, in the long term, for sure. Yeah. Are you, a, are you a big fan of either Clifton or Myers-Briggs, that sort of personality stuff? Yeah. Well, so actually, um, uh, yes and no, no to those particular tests mm -hmm. in and of themselves because I don't find them to be very useful. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, in that the, the one that I've been using and the one that I will get on the, on, on the blog, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. You have to let me know. Yeah. Oh, I, and I'll, I, I can send you, I'll send you like a, you know, a, a test or a sample cool. one that you can use yourself. It's really great. You know, it's, and you know, the Myers-Briggs one, they're great, but again, they don't go into enough detail. They're not mm -hmm. specific enough to you. The one that I'm talking about, it gives you, it spits out something absurd, like 55 mm -hmm. pages about you really, really great stuff. And so if you, and, and also backed by decades of research, they have, they've done, you know, brain imaging scans, tons of peer review papers, and the accuracy of it has come up to uh, uh, around 85% um, statistically accurate, right? Mm -hmm. So which is not the best, but not, not it's not 100% accurate, but you know, with the, with the test, you can never get 100% accuracy, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, I'm a big fan of tools. Just You just got to find the right one. Mm -hmm. So Kind of speaking off that, the last thing I, I wanted to make sure we got to was, first of all, are you a fan of, and second of all, what do they look like, uh, to-do lists and calendars? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that's part of being productive is, you know, the, your brain can only hold on to so much information at mm -hmm. one time. You got to transfer some of that information into external sources, that being to-do list, technology, whatever it is, uh, pen and paper, pen and paper can, is a form of technology. So yeah, so how my particular to-do list works is I have, I use the app called, and I've cycled through several throughout the years, but the one I'm using right now that I really like is Microsoft To-Do. It's just okay. to-do, I think is what you find it on the, on the app store or whatever. Um, and I use that for my daily uh, tasks, right? So mm -hmm. for example, yesterday when we were talking, I put on my to-do list, Okay, do podcast uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m. 
and mm-hmm. that showed up a rock a reminder for me today but also i organized myself i told we talked about earlier about the the weekly goals sort of how you how i say i gym three days a week so i also have a habit tracker i use habit bowl particularly right now and i'll set up the things that i need to do on a weekly basis that i just check off right so on Habitable, for example, you'll find things like uh, work X number of hours per week, work on blog X number of hours, um, study flashcards, work out three days per week, et cetera, et cetera. And then the third system that I use to basically organize all the information in my brain is Evernote. Oh, yeah. I love Evernote. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Evernote is the best. So I, I go I go deep. I go heavy on it, man. I got mm-hmm. I got templates. I got, I got notebooks, you know, I got stacks of different notebooks. I have mm-hmm. at, like my entire brain is basically on there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the whole idea is, yeah, we're not keeping this, all this information in our head, but if ever I have anything to do, I put it down in my to-do list or on my, uh, you know, habitable set a reminder for myself and I forget about it instantly mm-hmm. when that reminder comes up or when I check the, the to-do list, which I do often, then I know what I have to do. That's it. Mm-hmm. I can put my full creativity, my full attention span on the task that's at hand. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like I, you're kind of... Yeah. sounds like you're kind of similar to me. Like I love Evernote because I, I love to archive information that I learn, And it's like, oh, I might want to come back to that day when I'm writing or when I'm doing a podcast. I'm sure you're, you're kind of the same way. Dude, yes. I love that you said that. I have, <laughs> I have uh, uh, a few folders for that. So on Evernote, I have a, a stack of book summaries. I have mm-hmm. a, a notebook called Cool Links that mm-hmm. has some hundreds of notes that are just like cool articles or random stuff that I found that I'm like, yeah, yeah, this would be cool to come back to later on. Mm-hmm. You know, also my journal is on there. I don't know if you, do you journal at all? I do. I, uh, basically what I'll do is either I like pen and paper, but it takes like two times as long. So what I usually end up doing is like, I have a word document and that that's where I do the gratitude too. So to keep it simple, I have uh, gratitude, three things I'm grateful for. And then I do five affirmations and I just kind of journal like a mind dump. And then like every day when I go back to it, I'll just erase it all and then start new. Just because for me, it's just like getting it out is what's important. And it's not so much necessarily like archiving my thoughts. Oh, interesting. So I I like that mind dump. You do the mind dump, but then you get rid of the mind dump Mm -hmm. afterwards, huh? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I I remember hearing, you know, it's kind of like, I'll write anything from like what I'm upset about to what I'm worried about to even like, you know, what I'm excited about. It's positive or negative. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of like going back to Ryan holiday. He talks about just journaling in the morning to find that stillness and find that clearness in your mind. And just like you've touched on, it's like you have so many different tabs running in your mind sometimes. I guess for journaling for me is kind of like wiping out those tabs, so to speak. Yeah. Hey, that's that's a great example. That's really cool. I've never heard of uh, the mind dump where then you erase it, but I can see how mm-hmm. that would have a very sort of uh, a cathartic, soothing experience mm-hmm. effect. And then the other thing it reminds me of that I was going to say is like, I, I've heard examples of like presidents. I know that someone said that Obama was famous for this. Like he'd, he'd get really mad at somebody and he'd like address them a letter about how mad he was. And then he would just crump, crumple it up and throw it in the trash. And like, that uh-huh. was enough for him to, like you said, it was cathartic enough to like clear his mind and be like, okay, now let's move past that. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's a great, that's also mentioned in, um, in that book by how to win friends and influence people. I think oh yeah. Well. Yeah. Bill Carnegie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I love that. Just, uh, you know, that's something I'll have to do because in my journal on Evernote, I just have a journal of like my major thoughts. Mm -hmm. I just use it as, you know, big ideas or or creative things or or Mm -hmm. something I'm thinking about, right? You know, one of them, one of the notes recently was how to be a good speaker on camera where Mm -hmm. after so many months of trying, I'm like, okay, I think I figured it out. And then I start writing it down. I yeah, I have, the... I guess I do kind of have a similar, like something that kind of mirrors that is like, I have my notes app, obviously, on my phone and my computer. And so that's what I'll just write random tidbits of information. Like sometimes I listen to a ton of podcasts. And sometimes when something really sticks with me, and I want to write it down, I'll jot it in there. Or if I have like a blog idea, or like, if I ha- like, I hear someone mentioned, like, I like to keep up with people in the natural bodybuilding space. So if I hear a new name, I'm like, Oh, I want to go look that up. And so what I try to do 
and I don't get to it every day, but I'll try to like clear my notes every day and be like, okay, follow this person on social media, uh, put this idea in my Evernote, you know, kind of put stuff away, or at least sometimes it's just something where it's like, I want to think about this for a second. Okay, thought about it, I can delete that note. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and it sounds like you got a good system that's that's working out for you. Yeah, my drive. But I, I love that stuff too. And that's why I was initially attracted to you. It's like, I I know that I, I try to not say the word like hacks because I know that that has such a negative connotation. But I'm a fan of stuff like that just because I find it I find it interesting. You know, what's the latest hack or trick? Because I think it's important though to note that you have to have a lot of proper things in place before those hacks can can make sense. Well, definitely. And, and the good thing about those, yeah, how however controversial the term hack specifically is mm-hmm. that you do them enough and eventually, and after enough time, they become part of you, mm-hmm. right? You know, so maybe journaling or writing down your thoughts used to be a hack, but now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, uh, a few years later, now that's just a part of you. That's something, mm-hmm. that's something you do. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, and there's so I some, really enjoy that. somewhat, I somewhat kind of think of them like in terms of comparing it back to health and fitness, it's almost like some hacks are kind of like a supplement. So it's like, for me, that's one of my hot button topics is people are so big on supplements, but most people don't have their diet and exercise in place first. But if you have, you know, good, effective strategies in place, then hacks might have their place like a supplement to these other things. Exactly. And so that, you know, that's a great comparison to fitness and productivity, right? So Fitness, the groundwork that you need is probably your diet and exercise, right? Mm-hmm. For productivity, what I'd say the groundwork that you need is first self-awareness mm-hmm. and some sort of self-understanding. And then you can start to build and implement the different hacks and the different strategies on top of that. And then what's interesting, again, once it becomes really ingrained in you, mm-hmm. uh, then things can become a bit more free-flowing as well. And you just, you, you, you understand because you understand yourself and what works for you so deeply because you've tried so many mm-hmm. damn things that, you know, you, you just know sort of intuitively you build this intuitive sense of what's going to work similar to how I've never been a fitness, you know, master in it all the time. But I, you know, assume that maybe uh, Arnold might have a, a similar view towards, mm-hmm. towards fitness where probably these days, well, okay. I don't know. I might sound real stupid here, but I'd assume these days he's not, you know, tracking down, did 50 push-ups today, mm-hmm. blah, 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 doing all mm-hmm. that stuff, you know. He's intuitive about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's so just it's like you. Of- it's like, well, it just reminded me, like, like fitness isn't obviously your number one priority, but you know you have recurring meals you can eat. You know that you can keep up your fitness by exercising three days a week. So just finding stuff like that and engaging, like you said, productivity is all about doing the most of the things that you enjoy. So it doesn't sound like this is you, but some people might hate exercise, but they know they have to do it a few times a week to stay active with their family or to stay active in whatever sport they like or whatever that might be. Yeah, exactly. And, and the real key, and maybe we can touch on this another time is turning that, that, that dislike mm-hmm. into a like, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're, if you keep beating your head against the wall, I don't know anyone who's done something, you know, they disliked for any number of years and been happy about it there's people mm-hmm. who, who go to a job they dislike for decades but they're certainly mm-hmm. they're certainly not happy about it you know i know i've heard of a, i think it's a study of like where they introduce new foods that people thought they didn't like into their diet like typical stuff like broccoli spinach etc and it's they did a study where like they ate it regularly and then a number of weeks or months later they rated like their enjoyment of the taste higher after after it was implemented so it's like kind of like you've talked about doing things repeatedly can can make your your body and you know whatever your mind adjust to them to even preferring them or liking them yeah that's fascinating man the the human body is just such an incredible adaptation tool and given enough time given enough effort uh we can adapt to pretty much anything and there's you know been also a lot of controversial unethical studies on that done in, mm-hmm. in the past and it is but we can take that information and, and use it for our benefit kind mm-hmm. of in that fitness example that you just gave mm-hmm. well nutrition. alex thank you it, it looks like we're up on time but you want to go ahead and mention your website again anywhere else people can find you i don't know if you're on social yeah yeah no man hey thanks for having me yeah you can find me on the productive view t-h-e productive uh also on youtube just productive view 
you know, I try to make a, a accompanying videos for each of my blog posts, kind of a visual summary. So I enjoy doing that. Otherwise for socials, eh, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much me on those. Okay. Two. All right. So, well, thanks. Thanks a lot for coming on. I really enjoyed it. Dude. Hey, thank you, man. This was really fun. I, I enjoyed, I enjoy talking to you. Um, let's definitely do it again because this is, you know, I think, I think we got a lot of, we got a lot of similarities here and for sure. I genuinely enjoyed, enjoy talking to you about it. This has been the What's Your Story podcast. I'm Jake Parker. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and listen in to new episodes every Monday and Saturday. Also, give us a rating and review or share with a friend or family member you think might enjoy the show. I'm always looking for new guests, so if you or someone you know would like to come on the show, please reach out by email or Instagram. Both are easily available on my website, jparkerfitlife.com. Thanks. Thanks.